Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sermons in Cars. I am super excited that you guys have uh, tuned in today. My name is Tony Martell. I'm one of the hosts here. Um, thank you so much. If this is your first time with us, uh, we are in the middle of a conversation called What the Hell? <clears throat> yeah, what the hell? What the hell have we been believing? Come on, wake up, church! I'm just kidding. Um, beliefs matter, right? It matters what we believe. It matters who we are believing in. I feel like today more than ever, uh, people check their brains when they walk into a church. Or they're, they'll open the Bible and they check their brains. They're like, oh, I don't need this. I'm just going to read the Bible and the Bible will read me. As if, as if it's alive. I know that this will be uh, heretical to some people out there, but the, it's, it's not alive, okay? See, my thing about the Word of God being living and active, as, as the scripture reads, is this the Logos is living and active, okay? And, it's, and as far as I can tell, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, all wise-knowing theologians out there, but, but in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with Theos. Okay, and the Logos was Theos, right? So if, if the Word is with God, okay, um, I think that's the thing that we can say is living and active, not the Bible. Okay, we'll come back to that in another episode. Today's episode is what the hell? You see, if you believe God is a vengeful, angry God, and that's how you understand God. Well, that's going to inform how you live because you'll live under this veil of condemnation. And every time you mess up, every time you make a mistake, there God is to punish you. Okay, it's an impossible task. And so if you're stuck in this place of, um, of shame and guilt for all of your life, and that's because of how you understand God. So if that's how you understand God, and then you go to read the Bible about God, how you are informed and how you then act out these, these um, the beliefs that you have either inherited or you get at church from a pastor <clears throat> or you infer from parents. Well, it's interesting territory. It's a bit tricky. For me, it's okay to hit the pause button on all of it. It's okay to question because if we do not question beliefs, what happens is, over a relatively short period of time, those beliefs become enshrined. And when beliefs are enshrined, especially in a faith tradition, like those are the untouchable beliefs, you're not allowed to question them, okay? This, this, is, this series is called, What the Hell? Okay, you're not allowed to question the concept of hell in a lot of evangelical circles, because it is the thing on which people hinge their faith. Okay, if hell doesn't exist, then whoa, 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 what's the point of Jesus? <clears throat> but if we do not question and build in our praxis a healthy dialogue of questioning and debating beliefs, what happens is the belief becomes enshrined. And if the belief is enshrined, then the belief becomes an idol. If you look around in a lot of our faith traditions today, you're going to see this in action. So for me, it's okay to hit pause and ask questions. 
So very quickly, I, I just immediately go to the Bible and I'm like, well, hold on a second. <clears throat> you hear a lot of people saying, well, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, the Bible this, that, the other thing. You know, one of the greatest problems is that when our translators put everything into a book, what they did is we chopped up all of these writings and we gave them chapters and we gave them verse numbers. And it's great because it allows you to identify, track and find something real quick. The problem is that we think we can just take that verse and just quote it as if the Bible says it now. What happens is unintentionally, we just leave out context. I'm almost, I'm, I, I kind of waver back and forth as if to say, oh, the Bible actually doesn't say anything. But it, it you know, I don't, I don't want to be too dogmatic there because there, there is some give and take in how we, how we interpret, right? But the reality is, it's a book and you got to read it. So there's a step there. There's an action step. And then in order to read it, you got to interpret the words and give it meaning. Right? How is it you apply it to your life and what is it saying to your life? Right? Those are good things. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you haven't listened to the last podcast, go back and check it out. It's so good. Don reminds us of the importance of recognizing the filters and the lenses with which we are approaching the Bible. Because if you want to find a God that's vengeful and wrathful, you're going to find him. Okay? If you want to pro if you want to find a God that endorses slavery, you're going to find him. Okay? And I quote, slaves obey your masters. The church held that position for nearly 2,000 years. You want to tell me critical race theory isn't a thing, right? Well, what do you think happens in a belief system when you have spiritual leaders that are that are propagating uh, slavery? What do you think happens to the mindset of people? You telling me you telling me racism doesn't just naturally weave its way into the fabric of people's thinking when for thousands of years, literally. An entire people groups are subjugated and made to think that they are less than. So I, this isn't a podcast about slavery or racism or critical race theory, but it is, it is meant to ask the questions, like, like the, these belief systems get get ingrained into us. They don't just they don't just happen, right? So when I say we use our brains, it's important. All right, well, so then what, what then? Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something pretty ballsy here and it's that the Bible really isn't a very good indicator or gauge to determine your beliefs about God, if you can actually believe that. I'm gonna say that again. The Bible really isn't a good gauge to use if you're trying to determine your beliefs about God. And here's why, it's because you can literally prove whatever you want about God using the Bible. Now there's one caveat. And this was, this was one of the great points in the last podcast by Don. It's that unless we are using the lens of love, everything we Everything we try and learn from the Bible is going to get distorted some way, and it's not. And it's not like we're distorting it in a from with within malintent. It's just going to naturally get distorted because we're viewing it through the lens of what we think it should read, what we think it should say. So 
So it is critical that we develop the ability to recognize what lenses we're using. <clears throat> so, so okay. So then, the what's ne what's the next step? Okay. Well, we're gonna have a baseline, and really, a baseline should be that um, yeah, we'll use the Bible, but but we're also gonna use our minds, right? We're also gonna recognize the tradition we're a part of, right? So then we're gonna have these these factors playing into the conversation to help us navigate uh, meaning. So here we are in a conversation titled, What the Hell? And for me, I'm coming right after this idea that, that the gospel says, you are bad. That is, an, that is not good news. Okay, that's like, thank you, thanks for the obvious, all right? I get that message every single day out here in the real world. And I step into church and I'm told I'm a piece of shit. And that unless I believe in Jesus, I'm destined for hell. Now, maybe you've never heard that side of the gospel. And, and if that's you, you have been blessed beyond blessings. So run with it, okay? Maybe just maybe just don't listen to the rest of this because I don't want you to get polluted. I don't want the purity of how you understand the gospel, which is good news, to be distorted. But a lot of us have, in our mind's eye, the image of the gospel in, in the sense of earth is over here, God is over here, there is hellfire and damnation separating us two, and unless we cross the bridge of Jesus, thereby accepting him, our default status is hell. A lot of people will say you're born into hell. In fact, the idea was already in application in first century Palestine. And you see it when the Pharisees um, get mad at this guy who was blind, but after he has an encounter with Jesus, he has sight. And after this argument and this, this here's a blind guy who is now standing up to a religious elite group, which that says a huge statement in and of itself. But the Pharisees say to them, say to him, because they were so angry, they say to him, you were steeped at sin at birth. The idea is that we are born into this state of sin. Now, I'm not going to deny that there is sin. I'm not going to deny that there is a problem in our world. And that our problem has to do with sin. That it does, in a fact, in fact, in some way, cut us off from God. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that that's not the good news and that in that unless we accept Jesus we got to go to we go to hell. That's that's just not good news. Okay? That's news, right? Right? I <laughs> uh, just it's not good news, all right? So the question then for us is, well, okay, all right. We've been I've been taught this narrative, this this idea for my entire life. All right? Well, then how should I look at it? Well, for me, anytime, anytime I, I come up against these, these big existential questions, I, I, don't, I don't go to the Old Testament. I don't, I don't go to the, to the end of the New Testament. I just like to say, okay, well, how did Jesus, let's start with Jesus. How does Jesus engage the dialogue? <clears throat> Especially in terms of 
uh, in, in terms of life, uh, salvation, or eternity, judgment, hell, whatever. Like, well, how does Jesus in engage the question? All right. So let's take let's take death for example. And he's got a buddy, his, his this guy Lazarus who dies. What is what does Jesus do? Right? Because studies have been shown about Lazarus. He was an interesting character. And some studies are out there that say, you know, maybe he was better off left in the grave, right? He wasn't necessarily the greatest of guys. Right? Some suggest his lifestyle put him in the grave, right? Jesus doesn't show up on the scene and be like, guys, listen, you know, as much as I want to raise him from the dead, he just didn't believe in me. Okay, I told him to stop doing all that stuff. He just didn't do it. And this is look where I got him, right? He just, he wasn't a believer in me. And so I'm gonna leave him there. Is that what he does? Mm, nope, I don't think that's what he does, right? Or he comes upon a funeral procession. Uh, procession. His grieving mother who's just lost her only son. Does he stop the procession and say, mm, guys, before I do this, does, do we know if he believed in me? Had he checked the box of raised his hand? Did he accept me as his Lord and Savior before I raise him? No, no, he doesn't. What does he do? He marches right up to the tombstone and says, Lazarus, come out. And for me, I'm like, come on, that's good news, right? The giver of life shows up on the scene and calls me out of the grave. Doesn't wait, doesn't wait for my belief system to align properly. Nope. He shows up and he's like, I, I'm gonna make a difference here, okay? And I think that's the, I think that's the moral of the story of Jesus. One of the greatest points we can draw from him is that he doesn't show up on the scene and call out all of our sins Instead, he just pulls us back to life. He says, I came that they might have life, life to the full. That's a Zoe life. This, this kind of life isn't just, your, isn't just your, your I'm alive. It's no, you're experiencing some sort of like eternalness to your, your living, your breathingness. So when he says, I give them life, I don't think, I think this is irrespective of beliefs. I know a lot of people have a hard time with this. But for me, I say, let's start there. Let's just hit pause on all this other stuff that says I gotta believe in X, Y, and Z in order to follow Jesus. And let's just look at his example. And I think we're gonna see the example of a, of a man who shows up and says to a group of religious elites <clears throat> when they, quote, catch a woman in adultery, which should be a sermon series all on its own, they're like, well, by right, she should get stoned to death. And here's this, this could actually be viewed as another resurrection story, honestly. 
What does he say to them? He's like, really? Okay. All right, that's how you want to play the dice? Sure. I sure. By your law? Yep. Well, why don't you, who's the first one without sin, if I was to catch you all in your sins, you without your first, you, you throw the first stone. And one by one, off they go. They put their stones down. Jesus says, oh, where are your accusers? Where are all of your little Satans? Where did they go? She says, I don't know. He says, neither do I condemn you. So he brings her back to life, brings her to this state of saying, I don't condemn you. Where you are right now, I don't condemn you. And he does say, go leave your life of sin. Leave this thing that you're doing that you know isn't the best for you. Leave it. You don't need it. There's so much more out here for you. And he gives and breathes into her life. Life to the full. I can't imagine you have an experience with, with God that breathes life into you in a way that says, I don't condemn you. And then you leave that. Diff you don't, you're not changed in some way. And even if you aren't, I dare say. He just brings us back to life. So today, if you are frustrated after leaving church, maybe you're sick of hearing that, that same message over you that you're bad, you have permission to hit pause on all that. You have permission to reject that and, quote, not receive it. And you're allowed to just take a deep breath. And here's something new today. Here's something new that says you're good. That the, the giver of life breathes over you and is calling out of you who you are. You don't need to accept what other people think the Bible says. You are allowed to not accept that. And you can hit pause and be still. Know who God is. Know that he is doing something different, something unique, as he calls you into life. And so that's the story today. That's, that's the story. Following Christ into life. So I hope you have a good day. I hope you enjoy the life you have and breathe deep the goodness of God. That's it for today, guys. Sermons and cars. I'll see you next time.